Sports Talk, where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, here with 11 at 15, Hubble's Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com. And today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Mark Welker, Rich, in a moment. First of all, our play-by-play call of the day. Ball's on our 43. We're coming this way. Bennett's in the backfield with James Cook. Snap to Bennett, the quarterback. Steps to his right. Hangs up a long pass deep. Caught. Burton, 25. So long. 10-5. Touchdown, Jermaine Burton. He's going to soak it up in the end zone as he stands and welcomes the cheers of the Georgia fans. Scott Howard with the call on the Georgia radio network. You could tell it was the Georgia network right away when they said, we're on, our, on hour 25. Okay. All right. We asked Scott to be on the show for the Gator Bowl. He never got back to us. I'll never forget that. All right. Mark Wogenrich, SI.com. Every time we ask him, he says yes. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure, and happy New Year to you. It's great to see you on Saturday. It was. Thanks, Steve. I'm actually, uh, you know, I don't want to make people jealous. I'm actually still one more day in Florida here. Just got off the golf course before they dragged me back to Pennsylvania. So, uh, What did you shoot? Yes. Okay. Enough of that. Okay. We know how to move. a beautiful day. How about that? That's incredible. Yes. <laughs> Best shot you hit today was what? I did make a nice putt. I made like about a 20, 25-footer, which, you know, hit the ball okay off the tee. The rest of it, you know, the rest of it is is winter. (laughs) Yes. Is, you know, winter rust right about now. But it was just phenomenal to swing again. Uh, I've told everybody, look, in the preseason, people asked me, and I said this several times in the year, I thought this was a double-digit win team that I was watching, I thought, in the preseason. So I was wrong mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of the assessment. Now, seasons play out. What was your assessment when you first saw them and then, and then how it ended? I thought before the season that they would be on the cusp of a double-digit win team. You know, that nine-win range, I thought 10 would be a good season, just considering where the schedule was going. I think I underestimated them initially out of the Wisconsin game. And then, you know, we've discussed this before, and I'm sure it's been discussed on your show hundreds of times before. I thought that season just turned um, completely on its head. It just got tilted with Sean Clifford's injury at Iowa. And it didn't seem like they were able to uh, kind of reimpose their game on people. I thought that that was such a crisp, you know, the the, – Interception aside, I thought that was such a crisply played offensive game in that first 23 minutes, whatever, 28 minutes, whatever that was. Um, with Sean and then without him, it, it really it just kind of disintegrated into, I think, what we saw in, uh, in Tampa at the Outback Bowl. Defensively, I think we got what people pretty much expected. I mean, just that attrition on defense and once – Arkansas was able to, and you know, once they decided to, and then were able to impose a running will on them. I think we thought that, but I thought I really thought Penn State was going to score more points in that game. Yeah, I thought you know, coming up, you know, a month out, you know, 
with a month off and being able to reset themselves, and even without Jahan Dotson. And I know that there were times in that game where he would have been so welcome. It's, you know, some of those third downs, and you know, particularly in that second half, third quarter when they needed some some big catches. I still thought, even without him, I thought they were going to score more than a touchdown, more than 10 points. And that, I, that really sends... I think that sends the offense into into an off season with a lot of questions. Even with a sixth year quarterback, I think they still have a lot of questions kind of going into February and spring and the off season. And it's not really I don't think that that's something that they wanted to uh be dealing with right now. Yeah, what's interesting is I thought against the Arkansas defense, I'm watching the tapes and I could see holes in the secondary. And, Mark, I'm sitting in the broadcast booth. I'm watching the games, and guess what I saw? Holes in the secondary. Yeah. Uh, and I, I thought they would. I thought Penn State would, at minimum, would be in the 20s scoring in that game. I think maybe they might have got there. I know if there's a pass, if there's a pass maybe even this season that Sean Clifford wants back, it was the ball to Theo Johnson. Yeah. He hits Keandre. And that's, yep. I, you know, we could sit here and just, you know, yell that he's wide open. Even watching in the press box, you could see, you can yell that. But it almost feels like that play uh, is almost more difficult to make that throw than it is a tight window throw because then maybe that freezes you mentally. So, you know, oh my God, I have to, I have to make this throw. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that one just got, you know, maybe he saw it a second time. You know, thinking these these kind of shots don't happen twice in a game and, and jumped it or something. You've got to believe that that's a throw. That's that changed the game to me. That throw, he almost almost even more than the interception. You know, he's just trying to wheel something into that into that zone. Even though that you know that was a first down, I thought you know that's a ball he's got to throw out of the end zone. I think a senior with his experience mm-hmm. has got to know that. And I'm sure he does. I'm sure he just, you know, walks on the field and goes, I, you know, and says, I know better than to do that. But the Theo Johnson one is not, you know, that's not a a play that that your experience necessarily guides you on. That's still a Theo play, yeah. and I, I gotta believe that he's just going that throw. I make that throw, and maybe we're in a different game. Yeah, uh, and th- yeah, the other part too is I thought Johnson stopped on it. At the five-yard line. Yeah, and I was wondering if he stopped and just thought. I really didn't have a great look at a replay at that point. We were kind of discussing it. I I didn't know if he stopped, if he if he pulled up, or if he pulled up because it was just he thought it was uncatchable. I really couldn't tell that. You know, if you saw a replay on it, uh, you would know more than me. But it's still to me that that's still I'm going to I'm going to side I'm I'm going to side on the quarterback side on yeah. that one because that's just the ball. Even if you underthrow that ball, which I think he did with the the Lambert Smith throw, right. that it was just kind of that that throw that you could slow down, make that. That's where you want that ball to be, yeah. Instead of a ball that he's got to go get in the back of the end zone. Yeah. All right, so let's look at another area, and that's we <laughs> saw some players play in this game that got extended time. Uh, Olu Fashionu being one at left tackle. Uh, I don't know how much of it you watched of him, but I, you know, the, whatever I could see of him, I felt he gave a good account of himself. What did you think? Yeah, and I felt like that left, they had a young left side um, for some stretches 
with him, and I believe Tengwall was on that side. If I'm he did, yeah, Tengwall played that. there too. And I felt like that there were openings there. I felt like that Sean did have, you know, he had to get picked up on occasion, but he did have fairly good team like protection from that backside. And I, I think they, if they would have run maybe some of the backs a little more, I think those, you know. Nick Noah and and uh, Kevon Lee only had ten combined carries in the game, which that again that surprised me. So there's another thing that surprised me. But I thought, you know, those two players in particular, you know, again not having seen a replay, I like the fact that they got in and that yeah. they got a look for next year because I think they're going to be looking for solutions uh, on that offensive line. It, you know, depending on 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 you know still the moving parts. Uh, that are there, but yeah, it absolutely, you know, that you know, getting Fashano at left tackle, at left tackle, um, was a real bonus for them. Yeah, I do too because it does give the going in the next season because they'll get Sal Wormley back. Wormley was a mm-hmm. big loss. I mean, he was going to start yeah. at left guard, Mark. Um, and to be honest with you, when he got hurt, it was in a scrimmage. It was kind of nondescript. It was like really. Um, and well, sometimes are the worst, uh, the ones you don't want to see the most, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but you know, so you go, it's interesting what was going to be the starting defensive line in the spring Epicati, Tangelo, Isaac, Mustaford, none of them started mm-hmm. the bowl game, none of them, right? The, right, the left side of the offensive line was going to be Walker and Wormley, they weren't there either. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a yeah, you know, now things are going to happen, but it's interesting when you watch it in retrospect how it played out. Yeah, and I think at one point, undefensively, in the second, I think in the in the second quarter, I counted a series where they maybe had two or three starters, like what you play, players you would consider as a full season starters. It might have been at one point, it might have been only Curtis Jacobs and Jair Brown on the field at the same time. And that's a factor of, of substitution, but also the guys who are opting out. And for a while, they really held their own. I think they, they did a pretty darn good job. Yeah, they did. No, I agree with you. I thought I thought they did for a mm-hmm. long period of time. Uh, Harrison Wallace got in. Bashanu, and we mentioned he got in. Tangwall got in, you know, because he hadn't reached. But Budden and Kobe King did not get in because mm-hmm. they each had played four games. Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you, James had tipped Jack and me off that they were mm-hmm. going to do whatever they could not to play them for that reason. Uh, I know what today's environment is. How tempting do you think it had to be to play them just to get them what you talked about, that experience? Yeah, well, after the game, James mentioned that it was their decision. And... You know, if he's if he's if they're comfortable, I would just assume defensively that they're comfortable with that. They were more comfortable not having them go and not having them play that game and saving it for another year than they were, you know, let you know, cutting them loose and 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 playing in that game. It's curious to me that um, I find it interesting that they would have decided uh, not to play two red shirts. Because that doesn't, you know, that doesn't happen as much. I remember being at the Under Armour game in Orlando three years ago, and talked to Brandon Smith and talked to Noah Kane at that game, and essentially they were saying, you know, I'm going to spend three years at Penn State. I mean, that is that, that's a mindset. Now, obviously, 
you know, for Brandon Smith, that's the way it worked out. For Noah Kane, that's, yeah. that wasn't the way it worked out. But I think they go in kind of with that tunnel vision that they are three-year players. So for me to hear James say that they decided not to play, I, and I don't want to say I found that refreshing, but I found that actually unique that there were, you know, take him at his word, if there were two kids who were true freshmen saying, right. I feel more comfortable having the redshirt freshman year because if I blow up and I do great things the next couple of years, I still can leave after three years if I have two great years. But if something mm-hmm. happens, I mean, if I look at a, you know, a situation like Noah Kane, if I look at other players who got injured or something like that, there's something happens, and I have that, I have that fifth year that as um, yeah. you know as kind of a you know a fallback option in in my in my view that's a little bit smart on their part to have some oh, bit of like do, forward thinking. I, yeah. I I agree with you because uh, and by the way the other player that got in was Zaki Wheatley who did not get the four mm-hmm. games he was the other guy so I wanted to mention him. Uh, so I look at guys now I'm like you you know Brandon Smith I knew he was going to be here three years. I knew Michael would be here three years. Parsons turned out it turned out to be two, you know, mm-hmm. because of the circumstances. Yeah. So you can get a pretty good gauge early who might be a three-year player and who might be a four-year player. Uh, I always thought one of the big bonuses that bringing in Lamar Stevens and Tony Carr is I thought they were both four-year players in basketball. Well, Stevens ended up playing four mm-hmm. years. Carr should have played four years. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. No, no offense to Tony, I love him, but he should have played four years. And that mm-hmm. my comments to Tony's dad. Okay, I'll <laughs> leave it at that. Uh, and and so I look at Budden and King, and I see guys that are, that are, are four year players. I mean, and that's why I think it, it was you know it was probably laid out to them, and I give them credit for making the decision because I think that's exactly I think they know who they are. Yeah, and it's interesting with with King, you know, having a twin brother who yeah. might view himself as a three-year player and who's already got, you know, he played every game this year. And you're not going to, and to be um, self-aware enough to believe I may not be following his same path. I may need more development at linebacker than my brother needed a cornerback. Um, that, you know, there were some discussions with people after the game about, you know, why would these kids choose to do that? You know, choose to opt out. Nobody does that. And I just view it like I, taking them individually and situationally. I, I don't know specifically where Kobe King and Jamari Button are in their in in you know in their career arc, but that tells me, as you said, that they view themselves with a longer frame, and they might be mm-hmm. absolutely right to view themselves that way. Doesn't mean they can't shorten it, but they're giving right. themselves the option of lengthening it, and I think it's smart. Yeah. You know, I I think ultimately it's smart for them, and it's also smart for mm-hmm. Penn State. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll have a few off-season discussions, Mark. Um, you know, uh, because I think, I think this is another. It's going to be another hectic, busy off-season. It, it is. It's going to be a busy off-season because the transfer portal is going to get busy, uh, and then we'll get to the spring, and that's when we're going to start to see how what they think about how they want to solve certain things. So. Yep. And they, and ten of those kids are coming in early, including the Singleton kid. So, all right, Mark, Happy New Year! Congratulations hey, on the year, uh, Steve. Congratulations on the eighty-two you shot today. I know you didn't <laughs> want to brag. That might have been twelve holes now, maybe fifteen holes. <laughs> but it was phenomenal. I love being out there again today. <laughs> oh, 
you're, you're, you're killing me right now because you know how oh, much sorry. I love to play. <laughs> ah, thanks, Mark. Hey, thanks we'll so see you soon, okay? See you soon, yeah. yep. Thank you. Mark Wogenrich, SI.com. Uh, people are wondering, like, when I'm talking to Mark, what are Matt and Kevin doing? They're actually arm wrestling. Uh, Matt's wearing his Eagles garb, and the suit is wearing his Troy Polamalu jersey. I will admit it wasn't pretty. But my Troy, my Troy jersey and wig is. <laughs> Didn't even need I, the head and shoulders. Every single day I show up for work, I, I worry. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. Every year can bring new challenges. Your insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. 2022 has begun and now is the perfect time to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. We have the experience and knowledge to help you protect what matters most. You can contact our office at 570-286-5855 or online at purdyinsurance.com. Just seen the suit moonwalking to this at the holiday party. Matt, you made the wise decision not to see that. Oh, oh man. I look like <sighs> Michael Jackson without the glove. What, the old shortstop for the uh, Mariners? Yeah, no. yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Oh, we have it on tape. It's the part where you fell. Didn't seem like the guy on stage. All right. Um, Didn't fall. Okay. Slipped gracefully. <laughs> All right. We have a phone call. Somebody complaining, obviously. All right. Um, <laughs> great to have you with us on the show today and the first show of 2022. Um, it's going to be... I have a feeling that... It's only a feeling. I think... Things are going to break well for all of us this year. So let's just see. All right, El Suderoni, who do we have here? Hi, who do we have? Dick, I'm sorry. Hey, Dick, how are you today? Happy New Year, my friend. You too, Steve. Hey, I hope we have a good year and everything. I wanted to a quick follow-up with my thing about no fans last week mm-hmm. uh, at the games. Uh, yes. Big Ten, Rutgers started this. Michigan, there's six teams in the Big Ten now. Or if we're indoor, every indoor event are requiring a, either a, va- a vaccine card with your shot record or a negative test within 72 hours until you get to the uh, arena before the event. That includes Michigan, Michigan State, Illinois, Northwestern, Maryland, and Rutgers. Well, I'm in Northwestern. Uh, <laughs> I fly to Evanston tomorrow night. Um, well, I think you might, you may be able to escape by, but I'm just talking about fans oh, no, in the no, arena. No, no, they have to I have was, this to get in. No, I was sent that. I was sent that. By the way, okay. um, I was sent that not by Northwestern. Rutgers is the only one that sent me anything about that. Okay, yeah. Well, it was and, what happened is I was checking Michigan yesterday, and, and because of our trip, Michigan, Michigan State did it this weekend. And as I say, there were six on the list already. I don't know if Penn State and the other ones will, will follow suit or not, but it's kind of interesting because there are people who opt, opt out not going if they have to have that stuff to go. Right. You, you know. know that, but, you know. It's interesting, Dick. Is that uh, you mentioned Penn State? Penn State has been. Like it's been going back and forth about vaccine mandate, yeah, for faculty, 
and they it was going to be in December. Then they pushed it back to tomorrow, January fourth. I don't know where that stands now, but they did not mandate the students to get it. And yeah. of course, students, of course, are an important part of attending any athletic event. As of right now at Penn State, you only need a mask. That's all you right. need. You don't need you don't need a vaccine yet. Well, with half the teams doing, we'll see if they'll was follow suit or not. Yeah, that's Thanks. an interesting point, Dick. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, I forgot Rutgers did do that. They sent us something, and when Dick called last week, Dick Girardi had sent it over to me. That's why I knew about it. Uh, but then I forgot to mention it last week when it was brought up. All right, final half hour. Matt, Kevin will battle it out. I'm going to go get a sandwich. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto Home Life Business. All right. Boat, motorcycle. RV, they take care of it all. All at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory, best in pre-owned inventory. A fabulous service department as well. They take care of everything. At uh, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Keywords 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. You're talking about one stop shopping there. All right. So Matt's on the line, suits in the building. All right, I got to get through 24 minutes. <laughs> Doesn't That's get much I... better than that. <laughs> or does it? All right, we got a lot going on in the show today. Uh, our thanks to Mark Wogenrich, Bill Hillgrove, for being on the show. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? All right, good. Uh, Steelers play the Browns tonight. That'll be a lot of fun. Yep. This is the longest season ever in the history of the NFL. And for Steeler fans, it feels like the longest season ever. Amen to that. Meanwhile... <laughs> Meanwhile, the Eagles have taken advantage of the system. No, I'm not I'm not joking. That's not a joke. The system is meant in the NFL. It is meant to allow this to happen. Where you can go from last to a playoff spot in a short period of time. And it's due in part to a draft position. Um, now the Eagles' draft position was okay, but they did a brilliant job of, of trading to get in front of the Giants and getting Devontae Smith. That was a brilliant move. Absolutely. Right. Uh, and then, and you knew when they did it, that's what they were trying to do. And and then they'll really take advantage of it. We you hope. They have to make three picks, but they got three potential draft picks because of the Carson Wentz trade and everything else they've done. 
But the other element is they give you a schedule that equals your standing from last year. So if you are the Baltimore Ravens, you're playing a first-place schedule. And you get some guys banged up, and your quarterback's in and out of the lineup and so forth. You then have to pay the toll because, guess what, you are facing better competition week in and week out. They are facing better competition than the Cincinnati Bengals. Right? Right? That'd be correct. Right. The Eagles finished in last place last year. They are facing a last-place schedule, which means that they play the last-place team that finished last year in every division in the NFC. That's how they ended up facing Detroit. And it's the 17th game. They were given the worst team in the AFC, the Jets. And it's paid off for them. They've they've made it pay off. In other words, um, the Eagles have only one win over a team with a winning record. Well, it's not surprising because outside of their division, they haven't been playing anybody that's really good. Right? Yeah, all makes sense. My, I would say the Denver but, game, but, as you said earlier, was the quote-unquote signature right. win of the year. But other than that, but, yeah, absolutely. But, but, but you have to play who's in front of you. But that is the way the system is set up. They're only taking advantage of the system, you know, because you could lose these games. But they're taking advantage of the system because the system allows this to happen. And that's fine because that's how the NFL wants it. Now, the Steelers, if they could lose a couple more games, Kevin, you'll get a last play schedule. That shouldn't be much of a problem. We tied the Lions. I mean, that was just right there was the moment I just went, yeah, this is how soon does baseball start? Uh, They're uh, locked out. I don't care. It's still (laughs) better than tying the Lions. Oh, my almighty. Indeed. (laughs) But that's the way the system is set up. Okay. It's the way the system is. Is that why the Bengals won the AFC North? Uh, the I'll tell you, it's it's two parts. Um, the Bengals. Let's start with this. I said this a year ago about Joe Burrow, and this is when Joe Burrow got hurt against Washington. So obviously it became a topic of conversation. I said, let's be honest. I said, you got to be honest about it here. This guy gives the Bengals a puncher's chance in every game they play. Every game. There is no quarterback that was drafted this year that can do what he has done with Cincinnati. There's no quarterback in the upcoming draft that can do what he's doing with Cincinnati. Can't do it. Just can't do it. 
Now, now here's a question for you, Steve. Going back to what you were just talking about with the way the NFL sets up its scheduling, Mm -hmm. you have to sit back and ask three questions about three teams. The Lions, the Browns, and the Jets. If you're perennially on the bottom, getting a better schedule, getting an opportunity to draft earlier, there has to be a problem somewhere between head coach and upper management. I, I shouldn't say head coach. Probably coaching staff. Let's put it that way. Coaching staff and the upper management. There has to be a disconnect there if the NFL is giving you all the opportunities, but you're perennially, perennially on the bottom. Well, let's go back to the original conversation with Bill Hillgrove. I mean, you were out getting a sandwich at the time, so you missed it. Are you kidding? Uh, I don't miss Bill Hillgrove for anything. <laughs> Next to uh, Steve he was... Jones, he's my favorite play-by-play guy. Wow. I almost could cry. Um, so, um, and he said, look, and this is a real thing. This is a real thing. You know, the analytics people, oh, you know, please take your numbers, put them to the side. MIT has no national championships. You have to learn how to win. You have to learn how to win. The Browns have not learned how to win. Right? You you have to you know, and learning to win means how you handle situations, how you handle a tight game, how you put away a game, how you uh, have the ability to knock somebody out in the third quarter and you do it. Right? You don't get complacent. Uh, there's a lot of elements as to learning to win. The Browns Number one overall pick, Miles Garrett. Number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield. Number four overall pick, Denzel Ward. They picked up some talent. No getting around it. But they don't know how to win. And that is a big part of it. They don't know how to win. Uh, they won some games, but not consistently. The great Steeler teams, with Ben and those guys, they knew how to win games like that. Brady knows how to win. All right. Belichick knows how to win. I know you know. Guess what, people? You know, I know Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin knows how to win. Right. The Cleveland has changed coaches too often. Now I think they've got Kevin Stefanski, and I think he's going to be there for a while. They've changed GMs too often along the way. You can't sit there, and this is what bad organizations do. Bad organizations listen to outside noise and then make moves to prove to everybody that they're making moves. What? Now, you've got to be the ones that sit there and look out and say, okay. Do I have the right people in the right places? Well, people on the outside and Twitter say, I don't want to know about that. I've done this for a long time. I know what works and what doesn't work. And I may make the decision it's not working out to make a change, but I'm not going to let outside entities tell me to make a change. The Browns, I think, have listened to too many outside entities over time. And you need some consistency in an organization. So winning, okay, and the Bengals have been like this forever. 
Bengals have been the same way. But now they got a guy. And let's give Taylor, the coach, some credit. He's got guys. And he shows he can coach. And as Matt knows, on draft day, what did I say about the chase pick? I said, I give him credit. Today's game is about explosiveness. I said they could have drafted Penny Sewell in the offensive line, but they drafted Chase instead. I said, and I thought that was the better pick because in today's game, Chase wins you games, and you can work around a couple guys up front. So, and I think it's made, you know, so they gave Burrow an explosive play guy. Now, the Steelers have not really been in this mode. The Steelers have been a team that has had the quarterback, a core group around the quarterback, and they've always built around that core group. Now, this is going to be the first time in a long time coming up for them since Tommy Maddox that <laughs> they're they're going to have to work. Yeah, but this has been a long trip. You're I, I know, but you just gave me shivers because you took me back to but, – I mean, I like Tommy, but it was before Tommy that was getting scary. Right, but but again, my point is – what the Eagles are doing is actually the normal cycle in the NFL. What the Steelers have done, what the Packers have done, and what the Patriots have done, that's not normal as, as to how the NFL plays. It's not normal. You're supposed to go through these... The way the NFL is designed between draft choices and schedule... You're open to three- to four-year windows and then a couple of years of mediocrity to then get a a three- or four-year window again. That's how the NFL's designed. The Steelers have bucked that trend, and it's finally caught up to them, really, this season. Although, what, Tomlin had an 8-8, right? But that was when Ben was hurt. So, I mean, that tells you about the depth of the team they went 8-8. Actually, I thought it was one of his better coaching jobs. But the Steelers with Roethlisberger, the Packers with Rodgers, the Patriots when Brady was there, bucked the trend of slumping into, in other words, a slump for the Patriots was the 10 years they didn't win the Super Bowl. And yes, there was a 10-season period they didn't win it. But they kept making the playoffs or winning the division. The Steelers have been making the playoffs, winning the division, but they only have three playoff wins in the last, what, 10, 11 years? That's exactly right. right. They made the playoffs five times and won three since 2012. Right. So they've been doing that. That's not what is supposed to happen on the way the system is in place in the NFL. The system is in place between draft choices, draft position, and schedule that you get to get three to four year windows where you're where you're a potential playoff team, if not making the playoffs, and a couple of years where you're out of it and you've got to use that draft and that schedule to get yourself back. And to prove your point, Steve, sixty two seasons, thirty one playoffs, eight Super Bowls, and six Super Bowl championships. Hmm. And think about. The first, you know, of the 31 seasons where they didn't make the playoffs, how many of those were in the 50s and 60s? Right. You know, how many of those 31 were yeah. in those decades? Right. Uh, 
We'll come back. We understand Antonio Brown's been spotted in Turbotville on News Radio 1070 WK. Okay. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. I'm sitting there... Yesterday, and I read this article. Antonio Brown leaves on his own terms. What the heck are you talking about? That was <laughs> that was just bordering on. You have As to bad question. As the antics were yesterday, yeah. <laughs> you, have to, you have you have to question the sanity. I mean, it's, it was uh, embarrassing. Was unbelievable yesterday. You know, I didn't know the suit was all for it, but I mean, you know. Gone. <laughs> yeah. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Yeah, it's wow. Gone. In the rumor is he went back cargo. Uh, I don't know. Um, unreal. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard to feel bad for him. He's had so many opportunities, and I'm sure feel there's bad a, for him. There's an underlying situation here. I'm sure there's something we don't know about, but. Man, I, I don't understand it. Uh, can I make a quick comment? Obviously, Antonio Brown is, I think it speaks for itself, and I think it's scary about his future in life. I mean, because his recent past has been scary, his future is worrisome. You know, I saw, I was in my hotel room. Uh, maybe New Year's Eve. They replayed the John Madden special. It was interesting in why I never was in the same room with John Madden. I never met him. Uh, but when I look back on his career, he took, to be honest with you, a very simplistic approach to broadcasting. He didn't talk down to people. He told you exactly what was happening, and he did it. You know, boom, bang. You know, everyone talked about boom and bang, right? Boom, right? But that was him just talking to you. Madden never criticized anybody in a broadcast. You notice that? Also, we were just talking earlier about, and let's get into today's theme of the game, the storyline. John Madden didn't do storylines. He and Pat Summerall didn't do a storyline. Let's revisit Brady. Now, yeah, now here, let's say, I'll tell you why the play worked. John Madden did the game. And, of course, because of the bus, 
they stopped all over the country. And this is where I see a real similarity between you know, between Jack Hammond and John Madden. Jack just does the game and explains it in great terms. Now, the part that many of you don't see is how Jack interacts with other people. And, you know, and to be honest with you, it's something I've always tried to do, too. But I, but I see it in Jack, and I saw it in, in watching the special with John Madden. When John Madden would stop, people would talk to him. He'd talk to them. He'd ask them about, you know, what do you do? Really? Tell me more about that. Tell me more about your job. Tell me more about your, you know, I want to learn what you do. I want to understand more about what you do because I, I respect the fact you're doing. You're a farmer. Tell me about, you know, when do you plant? How difficult is the year to get through? I mean, John Madden was always curious in that way. You always have to be curious about somebody else's profession. I remember when Brexit was voted on in Great Britain, and there was somebody made the commentary. He says. All those votes from those farmers out there. I'll never forget this. And I looked around, I looked over at my wife and I said, the person that made that comment has no idea how difficult it is to farm and how smart the farmer is to farm. I mean, you, you got to be kidding me. You have to have respect for what other people do and be curious about what they do. Like, I thoroughly respect Matt and what he does. Uh... Kev, um, like I said, I thoroughly respect Matt and what he does. Uh, Kev, um, um, Matt, you're doing great. Uh, so, no, but I mean, you know what I mean, guys. I mean, I learning, exactly uh, learning about other people and and being curious about what they do and respecting what they do. John Madden was like that when he'd stop in these places. He wanted to know about the guy that was the dairy farmer. He wanted to know about the guy that was the steel worker. Tell me more about your job. How hot does it get in there? How difficult is it, day? That's what you have to do.